Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another maniacal Monday morning, friends. Poetry, poetry, to fight or not to fight. On the eve of Trump's arrest, this seems to be everybody's question, and my words to you, friends, are stay calm. Whether you plan to protest, to fight, or just stay home, my advice is just stay calm, breathe, think, observe your surroundings, observe your heart rate, observe your enemies, observe your own intentions. Friends, you know, over the weekend, uh, I was at an event. Family, um, My family had a horse event. It was kind of a big deal. And man, we were running hard from four in the morning till midnight, and... I wasn't really following the news, but I went into the the breakfast nook there, getting the continental breakfast at the hotel. And of course, they had Good Morning America squawking on and on. All the talking heads are talking about, oh, my gosh, Donald Trump's going to be arrested. Donald Trump's going to be arrested. Uh, It was everywhere. And, you know, the the murmur, you know, are they going to get him this time or what's going to happen? And I just thought, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. And of course, you know, people talking about, well, well, you know, we need to protest. Trump's saying protest, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray, he's saying to protest, pack your bags and get ready for an extended protest at the Capitol and all this stuff. And I just, I, ah, I really don't want to be talking about this right now, friends, Uh, but we have to talk about it. It's not, uh, it's not something that's going to go away. It's going to be an interesting week. So I want to frame this just a little bit here. Okay, I want to ask you, honest, honestly, you know, have you ever been punched in the face for real? You know, like straight up, whap, shut your mouth, fool. <laughs> you know, have you ever been punched in the face? I, you know, I have. I've been punched in the face plenty of times. I used to relish the sting, the boiling rage that came with getting punched in the face. Oh, it's go time, baby. You know, as an an, an angry young man. I used to seek the opportunity to fight with my fists. I went looking for it. I wanted to get punched in the face because that moment changes everything. I love Mike Tyson's famous quote, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. When you get punched in the face, you know, it, it, the, the, everything that happens after that is just chaos, right? It, just, it happens so fast. You're not thinking about it. It's just, bam, you're in the fight of your life and you're fighting to survive and boom, you know, are we on the the cusp of that right now as a nation. I don't know. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever punched somebody else in the face for real? Like hauled off and just deck somebody with everything you got. You're trying to punch your fist through the back of their brain. Have you ever done that? I have many times, you know, the crisp smack of a face, a fist against the face. It's invigorating. Okay, it's this sort of primal empowerment. I remember uh, as an angry young man, you know, how good it felt just to deck someone who had it coming. Shut your damn mouth. Wham! You know, Uh, I'd like to think that it was a vigilante justice. Even when I was an angry young man, you know, getting in fights, looking for fights. I always sought out the people who I thought needed to get their ass kicked and I'd go hand it to them just for fun. Good for a good measure, you know, Uh, and. But ultimately, once you punch somebody in the face or somebody punches you in the face, you know, that's the last thought. After the punch, uh, everything changes. There's no more thinking about it. Now things are kinetic. You know, where you, you know, whether you get punched in the face, you punch somebody else in the face, what comes next is chaos. And the very same thing is true in 
uh, in our cultural circumstance, shall we say? You know, everything uh, is 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 dicey right now. Nobody knows. There's a lot of tension in the air. What's going to happen? I can tell you, uh, nobody knows what's going to happen. But once all hell breaks loose, that's when chaos, you know, it's just going to happen. It's going to happen fast. Okay. There's no more thinking about it. When things become kinetic and it's go time, uh, it's a street fight. It's a brawl. It's survival of the fittest or survival of the luckiest. And everything else is just pure instinct. Okay. Just pure instinct in the fight for your life. It's just pure instinct. And of course, training, (laughs) you know, don't forget the training aspect uh, of being prepared for a fight. You know, fortunately for me, I had been training in the martial arts and boxing and hand-to-hand combat since I was young. And, you know, fortunately for me, most of my enemies hadn't. And so, you know, laying on the ground and squirming around in the blood and the dust, I bet they wish they had prepared. I bet they wish they had trained. But, you know, interestingly enough, as I was fighting my way through the early years of my life, my, my take on fighting changed over time. The last time I punched someone in the face, I was in my mid thirties. Felt good. You know, uh, the first time and the guy had it coming, man, did he have it coming? He picked a fight with me. I wasn't looking for it, uh, but I was happy to finish it. At any rate, the first time that I ever pulled a punch, first time I was ever cocked and ready to smear somebody. I, and pulled the punch. I was in my late thirties. You know, now I'm in my 40s. And when I think about punching someone in the face, I think about the consequences. I, I mean, yeah, I remember it kind of fun, but, 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 but there's consequences. You know, I think about seeing someone bleeding on the ground. I think about the adrenaline. I think about running from the cops, you know, hoping they don't catch up with me. Whereas I used to feel exhilarated by the fact that I could kill someone with my bare hands. You know, that's the potential outcome of any conflict. Even if it was unintentional, anytime you're in a fight, that potential exists. And that's how it always felt. It's, you know, killer be killed, last man standing, all of that kind of stuff. Now I think about my family and I think about the people that I've hurt over the years, all of whom I felt fully justified in thrashing, you know, in that particular moment of time, they had it coming. But now, now I have to wonder if there was a better way. One time uh, when I was in the infantry, I just... (laughs) I got busted for brawling down at the local bar. It was on base, you know, and all that. And it it was, it wasn't not the first time that the MPs had to wrestle me down and smack me around a little bit to get me snapped out of go mode. But this time it happened to be the last time that the MPs had to wrestle me down and smack me around. Okay. Uh, The commanding officer basically gave me an ultimatum. Luke, you are either going to go to the brig or you're going to go to the chaplain's retreat because son, you need to get right with God. And of course, that was a no brainer. You know, (laughs) I'd rather go get right with God than spend a month in a brig contemplating my transgressions. And that was really a pivotal point in my life. It was definitely not the last time that I got in a fight, uh, but it was the last time I got caught. (laughs) Well, I it was it was it was the last time that I punched someone in the face just for the hell of it. Okay, the thrill of the fight just wasn't the same when I was facing time in the slammer, I was on thin ice, you know? So of course, you know, that's early twenties, fast forward a couple of decades and, and, and the warrior spirit, you know, once again in me, you know, roused and ready to fight this time to fight for my country. You know, I I've sworn an allegiance to the, you know, to fight and defend the constitution, defend my country against enemies, both foreign and domestic enemies, foreign and domestic. And, at this point in life, you know, back up a little bit. 
you know, I never wanted to touch politics with a 10 foot pole, but I realized that in order to fight the forces that were attacking and destroying the country from within, I would have to engage in politics and bare knuckle politics at that. You want to, you want to talk about fighting politics. That's a fight. It's a, you know, it's a death match. Um, remember how they were talking about Trump v. Biden was going to be a death match, you know. Anyway, friends, my, my first political engagement was really in the Tea Party movement back, what, circa 2009. And I realized at that point, you know, a little bit of wisdom gained through the, you know, school of hard knocks. I realized, you know what, my, my best weapon is not my fist. My best weapon was my word. And I built a presentation called Losing Liberty. Anyway, it was called Discussing Obamacare with a Disabled Vet. And I spoke in parks and gymnasiums and various meetings. And I spoke next to politicians and activists who were in the fight. Uh, people who were doing everything they could to be the change, to help get our country back on track, to correct course. It requires effort. You have to get in the fight. But what happened with the Tea Party movement? What happened? You recall? You know, Obama got reelected. That was 2012. And I thought, damn, oh, no, man, we are just we're toast. We're screwed. You know, uh, the country's going down the drain and, and there's nothing we can do about it at that point in time. It felt like, uh, you know, Obama said he was going to fundamentally transform America and it appeared that he was going to succeed. The left, you know, the progressives, the liberals, they were all drunk on hope and change. And the majority of so-called conservatives were simply too apathetic to do a damn thing about it. You know, there was no major resistance. The Tea Party was big, but oh, it was nothing uh, against the political establishment. And so I would—I just got disgusted. I got discouraged. You know, couldn't people see what was going on? You know, one controversy after another. You know, the, the Tea Party was being targeted by the weaponized IRS. You know, the DOJ was secretly snatching the phone records of journalists. Obama was using executive orders to bypass Congress on things like gun control and environmental issues. Benghazi, you know, Clinton's emails, the fast and the furious, the prism surveillance system, all of these scandals and more. Friends, they were front and center for years. And they were investiga investigated by the government. And nothing happened. You know, there was no equal justice under the law. You know, where, where, where the hell were all the red-blooded, liberty-loving Americans during all of this? Where are all of the staunch Christian conservatives during all of this? Why were there no protests? Why was there no accountability, friends? Why? Why? Tell me. I don't know. As the story goes, it was all of this, uh, the Obama years, that uh, the, the, you know, controversy and all that kind of stuff that fed into Donald Trump being elected in 2016. And the, the conservative side of the story was that Trump's was the uh, Trump was the people's choice. You know, he was like, you know, the American people say, sticking it to the institution and saying, piss off. We're tired of all these politicians. What we want is a businessman in here to make some decisions and rock the boat. And boy, did he rock the boat. Right. I voted for Trump. OK, I was all in on this. He was going to be elected. He was going to drain the swamp and we're going to get a Trump uh, our story back get our country back on track. That was the story. And of course, the liberal story at the same time was that Trump had uh, colluded with Russia to steal the election from Hillary Clinton. And fast forward through four years of clown shows and sham investigations, and we arrive at the 2020 election. And of course, we watched the 2020 election unfold. Trump was breaking records. Trump was winning in a landslide slide. And then they turned out the lights. They stopped counting, you know, pulled some suitcases of ballots out from underneath the desks and all that kind of stuff. The next day, 
the sock puppet Joe Biden became the most popular president ever elected. And despite the messy events of J6, the certification of the election, much to the chagrin of everyone who wanted to make America great again, Mike Pence and the rest of the Republican establishment presided over a mostly peaceful transition of power, which brings us to the current madness. Okay, I put a uh, clip here, screenshot, friends, in the report today. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know that you have to go to thetorchreport.com. Thetorchreport.com is where you'll get all the goodies, and you'll see this spiffy screenshot here. It's coming from the Drudge Report, and it says, you know, Trump's not going to refuse to surrender. You know, he's going to be handcuffed. He's expected to be arrested on Tuesday, but there's a little... Uh, link up in the top left corner, it says, echoing January 6th, Trump calls for protests. And that's what I was seeing over the weekend. Trump's calling for protests. Now's the time. We got to fight. This is it. You know, protest, protest, protest. And I thought, geez, beware, beware. Warning, warning, warning. J6 was a setup. If you don't know that, you know, go back and 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 <laughs> dig into the torch report. We've been documenting that from the very beginning. But right now, America is on the edge. We're on the verge. We're on the cusp. We're on the precipice. Are we not? You know, I put a selection of headlines in here today, friends. Uh, NYPD is mobilizing 700 disorder control riot cops ahead of Trump's unprecedented arrest. You know, pastors for Trump are organizing a prayer call tonight. The war against Trump is a war against Christianity. Pause. Do you think that the war against Trump is a war against Christianity? You know, there's a lot of talk out there like, oh, you know, this they're not attacking Trump. They're attacking you. It's They don't hate Trump. They hate you. Well, there may be some truth to that. Maybe, you know, but, 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 you know, is Trump really representative of everything that we stand for as liberty-loving Americans? Some people will say yes. Some people not so sure. Some people say absolutely not. But I don't believe this war against Trump is a war against Christianity. I do believe there is a war against Trump. I do believe there is a war against Christianity. I do believe there is a war against conservative values and traditions. I do believe there is a war against the hearts and minds of America. Uh, but this this particular event of Trump getting arrested based on, you know what, it's based on all the crap with Stormy Daniels, all this, we've already rehashed it. Why is it coming out now again, you know? Uh, anyway, friends, going on some more headlines here, you know, Elizabeth, you know, the <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, uh, Pocahontas, she says that there's no reason for anyone to protest Trump's arrest. You know, this is the law operating as it should friends. That's an astounding and absurdly astounding claim that the law is operating as it should. What BS, you know? Meanwhile, Pence is saying, oh, arresting Trump would be a politically charged prosecution. You think? How about a persecution? You know, but Pence, Pence is now siding with Trump. He was just out there saying, you know, that he would never, he would never support Trump. You know, it's just, it's theater. You know, Trump calls for protests over potential arrests and it sparks fears of violence. You know, Trump predicts imminent arrest and calls for more and more protests. Yeah, you know, and then there's, you know, there's some advice for Trump supporters. Everybody's got their advice for Trump supporters. What should you do? I don't know. And then there's, you know, mean, meantime, meanwhile, simultaneously, you get Facebook and YouTube. They're giving Trump his accounts back. What? It, really? Trump's calling for protests and all this stuff, and, and now they're giving him his, his accounts back. Does that make sense? 
doesn't pass the smell test, you know. Elon Musk says that Trump will win in a landslide if he's indicted. Trump's going to win in a landslide. Really? Really? Does that pass the smell test? You know, Trump supporters are are floating the idea of creating a patriot moat around Mar-a-Lago. Really? Okay, well, I mean, we're going to hunker down. We're going to support we're going to support Trump. Trump's the guy, okay? Really? Okay, 85% of Trump supporters think that protesting against Trump's arrest is another January 6th style trap. Friends, I'm sharing all of this and talking about it today because I see uncertainty swirling through the circles of conversation that I'm privy to. Do patriots heed the call to protest? Is this just a setup? What's a patriot to do? I don't know, friends. To be blunt, that's up to you. Okay. Now, I was in the state capitol protesting the last rigged election. I protested with the People's Convoy in Washington, D.C. And to be clear, on both occasions, there was a distinct sense that a fight might break out at any given moment. I was packed up and prepared for anything. You know, got the bug out bag, got the, you know, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm not afraid to fight, friends. I was ready for it. Uh, I was there to peacefully protest. But I'm not afraid to get punched in the face. You know, I do like to fight. But thankfully, thankfully, at neither, you know, neither of those events saw any sort of violence. I say that and then also would say with the caveat, there was also no real results. So the peaceful protesting didn't really translate into any practical political impacts. Just to say, you know, to this day, the shenanigans and the political corruption continues. You know, the question is, do you care? Uh, how much do you care? What are you going to do about it right now? What are you going to do about it? If they arrest Trump, what are you going to do about it? If they steal another election, what are you going to do about it? You know, but I think a better question to ask is what have you done about it so far? What, what have you done about the political corruption through the Obama years? What did you, what did you do about the political corruption in the last election or the midterm elections and so on? What have you done about it? Because there, there, there's a huge difference between what you think you might do about it or what you think you might be willing to do about it and what you have actually done about it. And if there is a huge difference between what you think you're willing to do and what you, you know, and what you've actually done, it's a good time to ask, why is that? What are the reasons that have kept your impulse in check? In other words, you know, why, why have (laughs) why have you done what you've done or why have you not done what you thought you should do and all that kind of stuff? Was it common sense and reason? You're like, eh, I don't, I choose not to get involved. Logically, I don't think that's a a good plan. Or was it fear of getting arrested or fear of getting punched in the face or, you know, having to fight with the Antifa in the streets or something, you know, was it a hesitation to embrace the discomfort of risking everything? Most importantly, risking your reputation for making a stand. Friends, if you've mostly been on the sidelines and cheering freedom from a distance, is this time any different? It's, a, it's, a, it's an honest question. And like I said, you know, honestly, it pisses me off that we even have to be talking about this because it's ridiculous. That's how I feel. Is it a setup? Well, maybe, you know, will it be another false flag? Well, maybe, you know, will it be another big fat dud? Well, maybe, friends, will anything actually change? I highly 
highly doubt it. One thing that I feel 100% certain about is that all of this is just political circus. And thus, it is a complete and utter waste of time. Do not take your eyes off the ball, friends. The cabal keeps marching on. The commies are taking over the world. You know, this is going to be an interesting week. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with Trump. You know, but I wanted to I wanted to address this situation again, not because I care about it so much, but because the people that I care about care about it. And again, we're going to have to just wait and see. Should you protest or should you not protest? There's a lot of peaceful protesting going on. Friends, I would say this. If you're not sure, search your heart and wait for peace. Don't be afraid to protest. Don't be afraid to get involved. Okay. If you feel called to get involved, stay calm, make a plan, buddy up. You know, for me personally, friends, this isn't the fight that I'm looking for. I just, I want to say, stay wise. You know, we might have to fight ourselves out of this mess, friends, but I don't think that this is the time. I just don't. And that's, that's my heart. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone, share it with anyone, you know, anybody who's thinking about protesting, share this with them. Uh, Of course, the greatest honor of all, again, is share it with everyone you know. Friends, get out there and embrace this maddening, maniacal Monday. Stay wise. I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.